It's not the same, is it? Do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Howdy, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Money Shot. And this week we have a guest in here, in studio with us. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hi, Robert. How are you? Hey, guess what? We're both named Robert. Wow. We are. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, Did you hear that? Wow. Wow. That's wow. a money We're like, shot. It's exciting. We're like 10 seconds of the recording and there's already been a gunshot. Man. I wonder how many people are dead right in front of your <laughs> complex. <laughs> oh, man. And we laugh at death. Hey, Bob, uh, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm a native Los Angelinos. Born here in the late 40s. I could tell because there was a big explosion outside and you didn't really bat an eyelash. That's right. I'm used to all that shit. <laughs> Definitely from L.A. <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see, education, I went to UCLA. Mm-hmm. I have a master's from UCLA in business administration and then quickly got out of the business field and went into the music field. Mm. Uh, I worked in music research for a while and then I got involved in music production. I had a recording studio, Sunburst Recording, for 30 years. Uh, and then, and, and you, you cry tears of shame when you listen to this podcast, right? Going, oh my gosh, you fools. <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. Yeah, really are. You have to say that. I but most it. importantly, Bob is yeah. into cars. I am into cars. I'm also into my band, Big Daddy. Many Both of, of which we're going to talk about today. Okay, cool. So Bob is cars. a car aficionado. Yes. And we reviewed the film this week, Cars 3. So that's pretty fitting that we would have a car guy on to talk about cars i also want to say that bob and i have been close friends for 50 years we have been we no. met we met in junior college Ju- that's what they used to call it they used know. to call them junior no, colleges or, college or they called them high schools with ash that's what they called it that's so how we met how many homoerotic experiences have you guys had in that <laughs> amount of time well i'd say about seven seven yeah over under is seven yeah 17 i'm gonna go over maybe 70 uh well bob it's good to have you in studio and i appreciate you being here but uh we also should tip our hand as to our top five this week our top five is going to be top five vehicle movies am i saying that the right way that's movies. that's how we define vehicle movies all right so in honor of cars we'll talk about vehicles later on but first we have a little bit of mail to get to so let's do some mail and we'll talk about people who died this week we'll talk about movies we saw and then get into the reviews oh wait 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 you're gonna do the mail i am gonna do the mail bob later on i will need your help with this right now it's just a little ditty a poem that i wrote and it's robert and ira have nothing to fear it's from our listeners we want to hear help us make our podcast better we look forward to reading your letter it's like a little jingle we'll work on it can't you sing that Go ahead. You're the no, no. Well, I you, you got. I did one. it last week. Go ahead. No, he, you didn't sing it. You I like, did with Eric. Was there a tune there? Was there any sort of melody to yeah, that? Let's hear it. What's Robert and Ira have nothing to fear. It's from our listeners we want to hear. Help us make our podcast better. We look forward to reading your letter. Wow. <laughs> nah, practi- that that practically- was better without Eric. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Not I think bad. it's Not definitely bad. got some potential. Thank you. And yeah. it's coming from you. That's quite a compliment. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe it could make it on this show. Wow. It already has. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm cutting that out. Uh, <laughs> so we got a letter from a neurologist. That's pretty Ooh. freaking cool. Last wow. week, we, we reviewed It Comes at Night, Bob. And uh, I don't know if you know that movie, but it's about a disease. It's like kind of an outbreak movie. And we talked about our top five disease movies. Mm. And uh, this listener says, as a neurologist, I've noticed a trend over the years that movies depicting severe neurological and psychiatric diseases are likely to get critical acclaim. In fact, an actor is behooved to take part in involving such a disease if he or she wishes to get an Oscar nomination and may well win. Here are some examples. All right. Mm. De Niro in Awakenings. Right. So that's post... Uh, 
encephaliatic Parkinson's disease. Gary Cooper in Pride of the Yankees and Eddie Romain in The Theory of Everything from that's amterlophic lateral sclerosis. Man, lateral sclerosis. I'm going to butcher all these disease names. But he goes on to talk about, uh, I'll just list off a bunch of them. Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July. John Voight coming home. Judy Dench in uh, Iris, Julianne Moore in Still Alice, which you mentioned last week, right. Still Alice. Right. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot, N- Nigel Hawthorne in The Madness of King George, uh, Isabel Aggiani in Camille Claudel, Russell Crowe in Beautiful Mind, Jeffrey Rush in Shine. Yeah, there's a bunch of fun disease movies. No syphilis movies, though, huh? <laughs> Not yet. Oh, okay. Th- that's your role. <laughs> let's write it. Let's, let's get method and get syphilis. What do you say? Yeah, I want to experience it firsthand. <laughs> You're well on your way. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that is a good point, is that disease movies usually win. It's the retard movies that win, too, right? Yeah. Well, we don't want to use that term. But oh, okay. Rain Man, in fact... The retard re- flicks. I'm sorry. Did I say the... <laughs> what term... Was that the term you were talking about? Or, no, the word retard. It's it's oh. not, but that's okay. We're not pe- like, as if we're piece exceptional, special, exceptionally special. retarded. Got it. Exceptionally retarded. But look at his last paragraph, if I may, on the second sheet. Um, uh, where, oh, were you going? One ahead? type of disease movie that I personally hate are the young people dying of cancer movies, like Brian's song in terms of endearment. It's such a maneuver to get the audience crying. These young people are not battling cancer; they're just dying of it. It's just not fun to watch. Only possible ending, maybe Robert will like this since they're such downers. Uh, thanks for another fun and interesting podcast. But his point is well taken. To get an actor or an actress suffering from a disease like that, it's manipulative, it's formula, and um, they win an Oscar. I mean, did you see 50-50? No. Because I think that I, might be the exception to your rule. Right. right. Not my rule. Mm. No, the reader's Well, rule. you pointed it out. So. Right, I did. But it was his letter, not mine. Well, he's a neurologist. What <laughs> the fuck does he know? <laughs> no, it's a good point. And um, yeah, I th- I, it is schmaltzy. It, there you go. To borrow a word from your people. My people, our people, mm. right, Bob? That's right. You got two of us here. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to gang up on you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get into anti Semitic remarks in just a minute. Okay. Well, thanks so much for writing in with some suggestions of different disease movies. Those are pretty good. Bob, what's your favorite disease movie? Gosh. It would probably be one of the syphilis or gonorrhea movies. I don't remember the title, though. What? Syphilis or gonorrhea <laughs> yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. The that? ones you saw in junior high school. Like oh, those. Stay. Yeah. Yeah. The educational films. Yeah. Those are real yeah. disturbing. Yeah. I don't remember the names of them, though, but I remember. Disturbing, always... like, gave you a real heart erection, right? I did get aroused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to be fair, like, a stiff breeze gets you aroused. True. <laughs> True dat. Even, True a, dat. even a soft breeze. Even the word <laughs> stiff breeze gets you aroused. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's talk about movies that we. So we were, Let's do Dead Corner. How about Dead Corner? Dead Corner. We flip it. Which way do you want to go? Who fucking cares? Yeah. Like anybody's listening to this show. All right. Let's do Dead Corner. Dead Corner. Who died uh, this excuse week? Excuse me, if yeah. I may. Oh, here we well, go. Another Please jingle. Listen. I need you to background. You ready? Oh, God. Okay. Um, and now the moment we have. First, I'll say it. Now the moment we have to say. No, the wait, f- don't, don't just first say it. Sing it once. The listeners don't have to sit And now the, the moment we have to say the following people passed away. That's the same God tune. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people have turned to dust. <laughs> That's the same melody. Ooh. You have one song in you. You're the only ones that were. Ter- were they all cremated? That's an interesting yeah. point you're making. Those are the only ones that would be turned to dust. Well, eventually. 
well, world. Eventually, yeah. but we're dust in, in the wind. Well, you do all say we know is turned to dust. Turned to dust, and all we know is dust in the wind. Yeah. That's all we know. Yeah, but all it's right. a question of time. Who died time. this week? There are a few people. Uh, I'd like to mention one person in particular. Okay. Uh, John Avidson. And by the way, this will be of special interest to you, a director. Mm. And uh, he directed one of our favorite movies, Bob Wayne. Mm. And we're talking Save the Tiger. Oh, I love He was the movie. director of that movie. Uh, Bob and I spoke at length about that. We're both fans of Jack Lemmon. He won the Oscar for that. Uh, John mm. Avidson is mostly known for directing Rocky and... People think that Sylvester Stallone directed the first Rocky movie. That's just like out there and it's wrong. He wrote it, but he didn't direct it. Mm -hmm. Uh, John did. He did all the Karate Kid movies and uh, he had pancreatic cancer and he died at the age of 81. Wow. Pancreatic Mm -hmm. cancer. What a killer, man. It's fast. Yeah, it's like six months. It's a death sentence, right? Yeah. Let me just say too that he directed a movie I remember seeing in 1970 called Joe. Susan Sarandon. That was her first film. And I remember watching it. It was quite a powerful film. But um, interesting legacy he what's, left. What's Joe about? It's all about it's all about the establishment and fighting the establishment. That tells no, me in other nothing. words, I don't remember. Ah, uh, you were high. <laughs> all right, I got you. It was the seventies. Different time. Understood. Bob, did you ever see Joe? No, I did not. Mm. I know nothing. Do you know him. a guy named Joe? Um, yeah. All right, so you just say yeah. yeah I, I saw Joe. I, I do know a guy named Joe. All right, yeah. Hey, he Joe, for, where he, are you going with that gun he, in your hand? He, that's right. The leaves. Yeah. The leaves, yeah. and also also cut by another artist. Do you remember? Hmm. See, you get into the music field, you guys are dust. In the wind, Hendrix, in the wind. Yeah. Hendrix did it. Hey Joe, hey Jimmy Jesus. Hendrix. Yeah, that's right. I'm done with you. I got there you. There you go. He got it. Yeah. All right. right. Who else died this week? Do you want to do an? Or, or, no, I'll all you, this, buddy. Uh, you uh, do you remember uh, Stephen First, sixty-three um, years old? He was in Animal House and uh, mm-hmm. also uh, Saint Elsewhere. And um, he was a Who was he in Animal actor. House? Do you remember? Yeah, what he was, Who did he play? He was Blumber. Bl- bl- oh, oh, the, the no. fat, the fat guy. That guy. Yes. Oh, yes. No. And a large, mm. round man. Round <laughs> man. <laughs> he, had, he had diabetes. He so was he the died. brunt of a lot of the Yes. Jokes, correct. What was okay. his name? Wait, in the, he had diabetes? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised he made mm-hmm. it to 63. Yeah. That guy was not slim. You, do you flounder? He is Flou- really flounder, but flounder. then he had the nickname they teased him with a bl- some with a bl blum something like that. Mm-hmm. Did you do you never notice how like the fat guy back in movies from like the seventies and sixties and fifties and further back you go, the fat guy by today's standards is not really fat. Have you noticed that? I mean, like growing up, I used to think like um, you know a, a lot of fat guys. Like Curly from the Three Stooges. Yes, but he's not, not that really fat. that heavy. No. I need to interrupt you and back up for one thing. Dorfman. Dorfman. Seriously, that oh, that, that was, was his that name. was his other name. He had like mm. two names. They used to call him Dorfman. Okay, but yes, you're right. They were large and maybe a little bit heavy, but not fat. Yeah, you're right. Not you're obese right. fat like we see today. Right, right. He's dead. Yeah. Anyway, mm. he's dead. He's dead. And two other people are a little bit more obscure, but we thought we should mention them anyway. Uh, Anita Pellenberg, 75, Italian actress. She was in Barbarella. Back away from that. You're like popping those peas pretty hard. She was in Barbarella, which I saw recently. Uh, The movie for performance, A Degree of Murder. And also Sam uh, Beasley, 101 years old, British actor. He was in Harry Potter and The Order of the Phoenix and another film called Johnny English. 101 years old. something? Wow. Yeah. Mm. So those are my four people. Can you button that with your theme again? 
I can get that in. No, no, no Robert's Jay, giving you a dirty if, look. If, you, if you're doing a button, it's got to be just the last line. I like that, but Robert doesn't. He's <laughs> Do cring- it quickly. He's cringing. That's okay. Last line. I'll do it next week. Yeah. Don't believe to be a hundred. These are people or dust. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. There it is. <laughs> All right. So those people are dead. <laughs> what movies did we watch this week? Uh, excuse me. May I? Netflix. Wait. No. Before I say that, the week in review. Bob, get ready. No. Wait a minute. Mm. Hold on. But the next words out of your mouth need to be human centipede too. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an ongoing. Yeah. But before we get to the movies, I've got to do this. So please allow me. Other movies we have seen during the last seven years, seven days. Some are stinkers. Some we want to praise. Some are old. Some are new. We want to present the year in review. Now, Bob, mm-hmm. as a Person who's own, melody, yes. A person who's owned and run a, uh, a, a recording studio, someone yeah. who's been involved in the music industry. Yeah. Is that, is that platinum certified right there or is that gold? I mean, I, saran I wrap tell, certified. Saran wrap certified. Yes. I, I, I would say. Um, I might give you aluminum foil. I mean, on a good day. I don't think you appreciate my talent. You're right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm talking too much. So what are some of the movies you've seen, Robert? You, okay, so I've been trying to catch up on um, House of Cards this week, which isn't a movie. I realize it's television. I've been trying to catch up with that. Uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot of films. Ira, as you know, we've been putting the last few finishing touches on our film. So I did watch our movie, and uh, we recorded the, the commentary this week, but I don't feel like that should count for this podcast. That's work. So... I feel ashamed to say I've only been watching a lot of television this week. Uh, and so I haven't really been watching very many movies except for what we've been watching for the, the podcast. So I, I promise in the next two or three weeks, I'll step it up. Uh, but in the meantime, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've, I've let, I've let myself down. I usually watch at least one movie. A Absolutely. Week. It's been, it's been anomaly an anomaly for you this week. I yeah. know you've been working incredibly hard, so we'll give you a pass on this one. All right. <laughs> Does that in- include fellatio or no? Just a, with a pass? Yeah. See me after the podcast. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, that's. Oh, I didn't mean on the podcast. But you meant with me? Yeah. Yeah, after the podcast. Okay. Not during the podcast. Okay, so standard, yeah. just yeah. regular yeah. after. Yeah, a typical podcast. After first. podcast. Yeah, job. after podcast. Okay, cool. Bob, what have you seen? Um, I've only seen one movie, and for me, that's good. I'm not an enormous movie uh uh, consumer. By the way, I, I love how Bob just sits here through our blowjob conversation, just, <laughs> mi- just mildly looking around the room, kind of, oh, what, what can I do here? How can I, how the hell can how I, I get out of here? Eyes? How can I get my name erased from this show? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did go back, and since we were going to review uh, Toy Story 3, I went back. Cars and, 3. Excuse me, Cars 3. I love to, uh, Toy Story 8, actually. No, Cars 3. I went back and, uh, and watched the first half of Cars, the original. The original uh, Cars? Yes, the original Cars. Because uh, I wanted to kind of reacquaint myself uh, with that movie and uh, really realized how much I enjoyed it. It was a great movie. Really, really uh, very, uh, very much uh, a delight. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I realize this is starting to get into uh, almost a critique of the film, and I don't want to jump the gun, but because this is so similar to the movie that we just saw, I got to ask you a question. I got to compare a little bit. Yeah. The animation for the movie that we just saw was, mm-hmm. in my mind, it was it blew me away. Some of the, the images were just incredible. And I remember feeling that for the original Cars, but you just saw Cars 3, 
and you recently saw Cars. It's fresh in your yeah. mind. Yes. How is the, the animation, um, how does it stack up? I mean, obviously, it, the Cars 3 is going to have improved, but was it... I, I don't think it was dramatic, um, but I did notice that the backdrops were amazing when they showed the old racetrack. In Cars 3 in Cars or in the 3, original Cars? The backdrops looked so realistic yes. to me. And that I thought was really incredible. The, the way they would put the patina on the fences yeah. and everything about that was like, wow, that looks just like a photograph. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was a photograph, but it looked amazing. Um, the actual cars themselves, to me, didn't look that different. That's kind of what I felt. Yeah. Now, we'll get into more about that in okay. a minute, but thanks for answering my question. I was curious about that because I, as I was watching this movie, Cars 3, I thought, man, I really want to go back and watch one and two now and check out the comparison of the animation. But anyway, let's figure out what you watched this week, Ira. Yeah, I saw one movie and it was, um, I, I'm probably the only one here who hasn't seen it, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool? Did, I never saw it. Uh, did you ever see it, Bob? Deadpool. I did not see it. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Bob, um, and Bob uh, Ira, I'm surprised to hear you say that because you're not real big on the superhero movies. I'm not real big on it, but this was, this was an exception. The whole wink throughout and breaking the fourth wall and so on uh, with Ryan Reynolds. It was really satisfying. It was mm -hmm. just fun. Yeah, so I saw that, and I still have uh, Human Centipede Part 2 on my to-watch list. Okay, now what was a money shot from Deadpool? Give me a shot that you remember. We can edit out my pause, can't we? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> or are you lying to say, oh, yeah. You know what it was? Seriously, it's obviously near the end, because as we've said, often the money shot is near the end of a film. It doesn't have to be, but it is where he finally shows his face to the girl he loves ah. and removes the mask, and we see her expression looking at him, knowing it's going to be okay. I still love you. And you see it in her eyes of first shock, and then it turns into at love. You huh. can still see it. And that was quite a moving moment in a comedy, but it was an effective money shot for me. Cool. Yeah. All right. Glad I pulled that one out of my ass, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he only saw five minutes in the movie. Uh, it was just that one clip. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about Cars 3, shall we? Robert, something you do that so well, you talk us through it. Okay. Well, you don't have a theme song? I don't have, I'll have to write a new one. Bob, we'll get Why don't that. you sing Glory Days by uh, Bruce Springsteen? Because that's in there. That's not even Glory Days. Glory Days. Glory Days. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so Cars 3 centers around Owen Wilson as uh, Lightning McQueen, who is uh, racing and he's winning championship after championship at the beginning of the movie. And slowly over time, he starts to realize that maybe he's not the fastest car on the road anymore. And uh, Jackson Storm, played by Army Hammer, comes up and is the young new rookie who starts to take over and starts beating... Uh, Lightning McQueen, I almost called him Steve McQueen. Lightning McQueen, and uh, and it, it starts winning all the races. So Lightning has to kind of introspect, and, and he has to go into training and try to figure out how to how to beat these guys. And along the way, he realizes that he's he, it's time for him to hang up his spurs or his his Dunlops, as it were, <laughs> and he uh, he starts to train uh, his trainer. So the the What's, what's the car's name that was training him? Cruz? Cruz Ramirez? Yeah. And she's training him along the way, but she's not really, she's not as effective as a trainer as she would like to be. And it turns out that he winds up kind of training her. And by the end of the, end of the movie, he's kind of convinced her that she should take his spot. And she turns out to be the real 
replacement and he winds up becoming a coach. So that's it. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, good job. All right. Yeah. Just like his coach, his most rewarding days were after he retired. Right. Right, right. And so it kind of was a continuation of that. All right. So what do you guys think about the movie? Bob, did you like it? Um, I liked that. I was a little disappointed in it. I thought it was a bit predictable. Um, I thought the effects were incredible, uh, as they always are in these uh, the, movies. The but background. You said it before. The background was amazing. We so have to shots. talk about that. Unbelievable. It was so beautiful. It's really some of the best animation. And I think I've said that about Pixar movies in the past, not necessarily in this podcast, but just in conversations with friends. But Pixar animation is just so incredible. And every time I see one, I think, wow, how does it get any better than that? And they keep upping their game. And this was just gorgeous. I guess I I felt that it didn't have some of the dimension of... especially the first movie, right. which had so much going for it with the history of Route 66. Right. There was so much there. This was a much more one-dimensional movie. It was more like a Rocky movie. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, he's fading, and what is he going to do, and how is he going to resurrect his career? So about three-quarters of the way through, it was like, I know how this is going to end. Yeah. So it kind of took me out of the movie because of that. I think that you're right. I think the predictability was... Was definitely Ira. Did you feel it was predictable? Absolutely. I I like the movie, and again, I'm the only one here among the three of us who did not see Cars One nor Cars Two, hmm. which might put me at a slight disadvantage. But I I don't think so. And um, my argument has always been that a movie should stand on its own terms. As right. Either that, or I'm just too fucking lazy to go see the go maybe back a little and bit see of both. a little bit of both. Um, but it was predictable. I was blown away by the animation, especially like we've been saying, the crowd scenes were. By the way, the segment that really blew me away as far as the, the animation was the Destruction Derby sequence. Mm. That was incredible. Oh, with, yeah, and with the bus. Yes. With that bus. Yes, with the, yeah. And it, it kind of harks back to the bots. Right. You know, those bots where they've got the crazy flames coming out, right. destroying right. each other. So it was kind of a Destruction Derby and kind of a bots. Absolutely. Uh, have you guys been to a Demolition Derby? I used to watch it on TV when we were young. They used but to have you been, I mean, you know, yeah. they started right down here in Long Beach. That's where they originally started back in like the Ascot? 40s. Was that at the Ascot Speedway or something? I, or? I'm not sure exactly where it was, but there's... Uh, I mean, there's a rich history in Southern California of demolition derbies. And they're a, the very first one I went to, I uh, went with my buddy Dave, and one of the drivers had to get airlifted out. It was pretty intense. Wow. Uh, a lot of fires and stuff like that. And, uh, man, demolition derbies are so much fun. I've, I've seen um, Orange, Orange County Fair has some demolition derbies. For a while, they did motorhome, like RV demolition derbies, which was great. Ooh. And you just see these things tear each other up. But probably the coolest one I ever saw was a motorcycle demolition derby, uh, which just sounds dangerous. And it totally was. I think it's the only time they ever did it. But how they did it is they had uh, guys come out on dirt bikes and they had a balloon on the front of their bike, a balloon on the back of their bike, and then a balloon on their helmet. And then they gave everybody these like fungo bats, like little bat, like plastic bats, and they would run around on their bikes trying to whack each other on the heads with these little bats trying to pop the balloons and the person with the you know last person standing with a balloon won the derby Hmm. it was chaos it was so much fun it was a total shit show but it was great to watch i never went to a destruction derby but do you remember bumper cars oh yes It's oh. kind of like a kid's version right. of a destruction Absolutely. derby. I love that rod and that would go up to the ceiling with the sparks. Right. It would get the electricity. That's where the electricity would, would come from. Yeah. yeah. And I, went, your tongue I, there, I right? went I went as a child to a place called Hoppy Land, 
Hoppyland was somehow sponsored by Hopalong Cassidy, and it was in the area where the marina is now. That's huh. right. And it was a carnival. Did you, Ira? Did you ever go to it? I never went, but I know heard, of this. You know, I, I know of it. Though. I went with my dad, yeah. and I loved my dad, but he did something really stupid. I was about five years old. He says, "Let's go on the bumper cars." He puts me in his lap, and we're on the bumper cars, and we get smashed, and my head goes into the steering wheel, and I got a bloody nose, and I said. Let's get the fuck out of here. And we got You were home. five at the time, right? Yeah. Hey, old man, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Junior, it, I don't believe oh, that's man. quite the terminology we would use in this was, household. Was I pissed off? I mean, <laughs> never did go on a bumper car again. It's too damn scary. Well, uh, there used to be a TV show on uh, Channel 5, local out here in LA, called Destruction Derby. Yeah. And I used to watch that. Yeah. And it was the same thing with about bashing in the cars. And with Go one see it live, man. The smell of gasoline and the the annoying guy in the loudspeaker. Who's... It must be better live, though. Cause it's the so sound, much fun. Oh, yeah. It's like drag racing. I used to go to the drag races. It right. Was, you watch them on TV. It's nothing. You go and see them in person. It is spectacular. Yeah. The sound and the vibrations and everything is amazing. And just watching them like... Well, you know, linked into each other and trying to escape to try to bash their radiators in. It's it's a it, there's strategy involved, and you don't really think yeah. about it. You think it's just crashing into each other, but trying to protect your engine and trying to destroy the other other cars' engines. It's, there's some real strategy going on. Your Mini Cooper would do well in one of those. Yeah, for about 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Remember roller derby? Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. They, I think Dick Lane did all did both of them. Yeah, he yeah. did wrestling too. I think he did r- destruction derby, wrestling, and roller derby. On R- roller I derby is roller great, derby. man. I, I love yeah. roller derby. We got to go to a roller derby. Have you seen the roller derbies? Oh my gosh, they I, still have it. The derby dolls? Yeah, they're one of the best ones in the country. Where? It's over like in L.A. Right, yeah, right down the street here. Is it a bank track one? Yeah. Good because yeah. I saw one that was flat track and they, it sucked. They have flat track and bank track, the but bank, the, the big one, the big girls do the bank track. Yeah, because the other ones they can't go very fast. Right, <laughs> it's not not really. You just all you can do is look at their answers. What's funny is you'll see some of the uh, other teams because other other cities have roller derby and they'll bring them down to you know do visiting scrim, visiting matches and stuff. And a lot of the other cities don't have the same. Kind of, they don't have bank tracks. They have flat tracks, yeah. and you could tell the girls that do flat tracks because they have a different style of, uh, of, of how to do the derby. They try try to get points in different ways, and they'll just get spanked because the derby doll girls are great. When we were young, Bob here in L.A., uh, mm. Shirley Hardman. I don't know if that oh, name yeah. does that mean you really know that name. I remember Shirley Hardman, and she, she was, was the she evil. Was big, she was blonde, and she was yeah. evil and nasty. Yeah, yeah. she you was, remember that name, of course. And Ralphie Valadares. Yes. Can, can we Robert. go? Yeah, let's can go. Can we stop this podcast now? Is it right here? No, LA? we need to record the rest of the oh, podcast. come on. All right, okay. fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> Is Shirley Hardman still uh, racing? I, I'll, I'll, I'll Google Rolling? Her. What do you call yeah, Ro- she's Is still, she still she, rolling? She, got it. <laughs> yeah. Now, d- down the river. Yeah, down, down the river. <laughs> oh. Oh. Dude, wheelchair derby. Let's start it. Oh, now there you go. Now you're talking about something. <laughs> you know, that's derby. one of your ideas where I look at you and you like, <laughs> that could you're be, being funny, but... That could also have a little element of destruction derby too. Yeah, I'm serious. You get them out of the, you know, on their side. Right. Wow. That is so anti PC. I love it. And think of all, you know, <laughs> you've you've got like a the, the anti PC names as well, you know, because all the the derby dolls are like, you know, vicious vixen or something like that. They got those crazy names, and it would be like, you know, retard Richard or something like that. You got to have some sort of yes. All anti- their names would be like that. Yeah. yeah. 
Wheelie Willie or something like that. Like these, these Which names. should be the name of this? Which should be um, just wheelchair, wheelchair derby? Wheel, wheel mania? No, I'll we'll work, work on, on this. It. I will. I'll have yeah. alliterate. I love alliteration. I know you we'll do. We'll think of something. All right. Rhyming works as well. Oh, you know how good I am at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sing it. Yeah, how about a jingle? I'll yeah. have one next week. All right, let's but that was my favorite three. sequence, though. But that was my favorite sequence in the film, uh, mm-hmm. The Destruction the Derby. Derby. I love ah, how it was sh- okay. shot, and it was very brown and the dirt and the bus yeah. Yeah. and the um, explosions and the light, the, the uh, fire shooting up. So and that's your money shot. You know... Is that actually, the same as the money shot, or is the it money could shot be. Different? It wasn't, but it could be okay. one of my money shots. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mine, mine was the band because I'm being a musician. You love seeing, that. I love the scene where they're doing "Glory Days" by Bruce Springsteen, and you see the pedal steel, and you see this car hunched over, and then the guitar with a car playing it. With it the, like the lifting forks off the the little yeah. mini yeah. trucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really cool. What else? Any other like kind of anything that that are glaring about the movie? It was it was formulaic. Yet I like. By the way, I like the movie. I did like it, and I think it worked. The, the The feeling out there is that of the three, Cars One may have been the best. The first one, right? And then comes Cars Three, what we just saw. And from what I understand, Cars Two is the weakest of the three. Yeah. Um. But the ending worked for me, and I, it was it was very well structured. In fact, Robert Worth, Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Yeah. I think you were holding up your fingers for the three acts, and it was it was it was a paint by numbers yeah. story. But I still thought it was a good movie. I want to talk about some of the philosophy behind Pixar. They do some interesting things, and they send messages that I, I kind of like. I feel like, I've mentioned this before, uh, Monsters University, I, that movie really, I, I thought was very interesting for a kid's movie, because the ending of that movie is they get kicked out of college, and they have to go into blue-collar jobs and work their way up to the white-collar jobs that they eventually get. That's the ending of that movie. They they cheat, they get expelled from college, and they have to work their way up. Wow. When is the last time you've ever seen that in a kid's movie? Um, and th- they they have actions that have real consequences. They really cheated. They re- they're kicked out of college. And I felt like here, I felt like uh, the Disney movies of 10 or 20 years ago, certainly 30 years ago, would have had Lightning McQueen win the race absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and what i like about this movie is that they said no that's not what it is it's this is about moving on to the next stage of your life and it really is this concept of you know like the, the crown weighs heavy and when you're a king when you're on top everybody's gunning for you and i think that's hard for a lot of people to grasp and it, it speaks to a certain i mean not very many people really ever achieve the top but it does speak to a certain kind of human condition which is that when you're when you achieve that goal, now what? And you don't a lot stay of people there don't, very long. Yeah, you don't. People are gone. And you for shouldn't. You. You're right. You shouldn't stay there very long. Especially in something like sports. Right. I mean, there's right. always going to be younger, faster, stronger people who are coming up beneath you. And the, the problem that I have with this movie is that there really shouldn't have been a villain. Um, we They made villains out of people. And, it, and I wish they hadn't really done that. Um, the uh, The... Sterling character, he never really mm-hmm. did anything wrong. I mean, he gave Lightning McQueen. Sterling was the uh, was the how do you, how do you say it? Like he was the it was the Enterprise that was it. He represented. He was a billionaire he, who he, bought 
the brand that sponsored Lightning McQueen. So thus he right. kind of had, he, he took control. He was a capitalist. Right. Like, that's, that's, it. that's it. That's it. Yeah. And he did what capitalists do and every, you know, that's what capitalists do. But he do. didn't do anything evil. Except near the end when he turned on her. Now, so the, he said, tells the girl, he tells Cruz, said, hey, get back. We got a, you, you got a job to do. Right. And even that wasn't that evil. Wasn't he was evil. doing his right. He's right. telling her, you got a job to do. What yeah. are you doing here? Go yeah. do your job. And she's moping around going, oh, no. And I don't know why that's such a bad thing. He told her, go back to work. You're not needed here. Mm-hmm. You're my employee. And she could have said, no, I quit. But she said, okay, I got a job to do. It's interesting mm-hmm. you felt this movie did not need an antagonist. It really didn't. And what about the other, what about what's the, Jackson? Jackson Storm? Yeah. What did we, he do? Really, he motivated. Won. He, he motiva- motivated. He won. And he did some ribbing. But look what Lightning McQueen was doing at the very beginning. He was ribbing the other guys too. Yeah, right. So they, they set that up as a standard of for how the winner's circle really is. As you tease each other. It's, hey, guys, we're all, it's me this week. It's you next week. And, and we all kind of win and we tease each other. And we're all kind of joking around. And then you got this new guy who's coming in. And they're basically kind of saying, like, no, 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 you can't be joking with us. And if anything, I could say Lightning McQueen was the bad guy. He's the one that treated her really poorly. I mean, he had some growing up to do. And he did his growing up. And that was the bad guy. It was Lightning McQueen. Well, in Cars 1, you really see him as the jerk. Right. Was that right? Him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he is really the jerk that's clawing his way up was to he the front. Was like he cocky? Yeah. Very yeah, cocky. super cocky. Yeah, he was. And, yeah. and he has to kind of grow and learn to change. And I think what would have been nice here is to see a little bit more of that. And for him to almost re- reassess and go, you know what? I learned this lesson and I'm still making these same mistakes and I really should be better than that. And he, mm-hmm. I, I really would have liked it if at the end of the movie they... He'd gone up to the, what's the storm, Jackson Storm, and said, "Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that uh, that things got weird between us. But you know what? You're a good racer. Good luck, man. That would have been wow. a nice moment because Jackson Storm didn't do anything wrong. He tried to win the race. Yeah, he could have had a realization that he was maybe a dream and seeing himself. Gee, this guy's just like me. Yeah, He's just like what I was ten years ago when I was coming up. Sure, you know that kind of a." There, there shouldn't have been a bad guy. And, and I've spoken about this before. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. I don't believe in... I realize this is an animated film, but it's speaking about who we are as humans. I don't think there really are villainous humans. I think all humans, they are motivated for their actions and they feel justified in their motivations. But it does make for simplified storytelling, doesn't sure. it? Simplified storytelling. It, and, and easier for the kids to understand. Easier for the kids but to understand. But I would say the same thing. Though. I know what you're yeah. saying. It's easier for yeah. kids to wrap their but brain I, around. I think the kids could understand. It, it, just those simple fixes. You know, they could have said, hey, first of all, Sterling didn't have to get rid of the girl. They could have said, why, why are we doing this? Sterling didn't have to be the bad guy. They could have said, hey, uh, Sterling's a big believer in everything that Lightning McQueen has done. And then all of a sudden he's saying... Uh, he, all of a sudden, Sterling is is going against character and saying, "Oh, Lightning, I don't trust you anymore." And that doesn't mm-hmm. seem look, typical for a guy who basically has idolized this this guy and built a museum for him. Yeah. And the only other negative character, the antagonist that we really got, is Jackson Storm. And Jackson Storm could have mm-hmm. been easily kind of dismissed by Lightning at the end. Going, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had some negativity towards you. And Jackson could have been like, you did? You know, something like that. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Something and like it that. Also could and I think kids could have understood that. I know it's an easy it's thing it's, to say, but Pixar is better than that. Right, Pixar has right. turned out really high quality product and kids recognize that. 
And I, I think I think kids would have appreciated mm-hmm. it. Not the kids in this theater. They were all yelling. Yeah, what was thing. up with that? That was awful. Didn't kids, that bother man. you? God. Yeah, there must have been 10 of them screaming. Kids. I well, was going to say, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Try to watch this cartoon. I mean, it's the parents. <laughs> kind of like how Bob was with his dad of the bumper cars. That's right. Exactly. Give me the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. But they, I mean, the parents just let them scream and run around. And it, yeah. It's like, tough luck if you spent 15 bucks. I don't give a shit, you know? I mean, that's a little... Annoys me. Well, that's why you got you got to load up a plane where I had a bunch of screaming kids yeah, right you back. You load up with potatoes and, you, and rocks and stuff and throw them at the kids. I thought you were going to say put them in your ears, but no, better better throw. No, them throw at the them. kids. <laughs> Work on your target practice. Um, I want to get back to cars in just a minute, but before we do, I, I want to talk about a few things before the movie. First of all. Now, I want to. We saw this at a Regal Theater. And Ira, this has been a running joke between you and I. Go if for it. you've Go seen the Regal Theater promo that they have, Bob, I don't know if you mm. noticed, there was a, a quick little commercial that was kind of like a uh, enjoy a Coke, turn your cell phones off kind of thing. And it's these two guys that made a movie about a robot who is like in right. the little stand up and it sees. Uh, I'm sure you can find it online if anybody's listening. Find it on YouTube or something. It's these two guys from Chapman University who've created this little robot who's in a stand-up at the movie theater. It sees popcorn and, and Cokes at the concession stand and then walks over and then gets a Coke and popcorn and then goes to the movie theater. And what's so funny is that he, the, the robot sits down next to this black woman and it looks at his popcorn. The black woman looks up at the robot and with like these eager eyes and just kind of making like like friends. The robot never glances at her, takes its popcorn and reaches across an empty seat to the white woman and offers the popcorn to the white woman. Wow. It's so... It's it, racist it, without trying to be racist and it's the funniest we thing. We both I've picked seen. up on this when we saw it the first time. How many it's times? So, so this is something they that show shows repeatedly for different movies. Again. Yes. It kills oh my me. God. Please look this up. It this needs wow. to this needs to be viral. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's quite glaring. Yeah. It is glaring. It's not subtle. Because and, it's not like I mean if there was a white woman sitting next to him and he offered it to the white woman, that would make sense. And there's a black woman sitting next to him. If he offered it to the black woman, that would make sense. But the fact that the robot reaches across an empty seat to a woman who's he's not even sitting next to and offers it to her over the black woman, it, it's like, what the fuck are you? What yeah. is this? Well, of course, we're not saying the black woman in the audience was wearing a shirt that said Black Lives Matter. And maybe that's what bothered him. <laughs> well, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the robot was wearing a shirt that said Circuit Lives Matter. Ah, uh, <laughs> I also want to talk about the short film. Now, Pixar is notable for always adding a short film before their feature film. And uh, this film was, what, Lost and Found? Lou? I'm not sure what the, the name of the, yeah, the film was. But the was... letters L-O-U from Lost and Found, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, what did you guys think of the short film? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't do much for me, personally. No? What did you think, Ira? I, I got it, but I think that the moral was kind of simplistic, yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't that what you're... Um, yeah. It was so easy at the end for the bully to become nice. I, to me, what, what's interesting is how they tell these stories without any words. And I know, I mean, Tom and Jerry were doing the same thing way back when, and, and Roadrunner and Coyote. And I know we have a history of doing that in animation, of just telling a story without words. But the animation really starts to capture some feelings that I feel like are um, they're really interesting. It's not just slapstick comedy, but there's actual more depth in terms of the emotion that that are happening and i i like that it was simplistic it was a simplistic story and 
I, I would appreciate that concept from from a critique about the short film, but I like that they're giving emerging directors a chance to, uh, you know, here's five minutes, go see what you can't do and, and test the Pixar waters. And, uh, you know, if you could turn something out, that's pretty nice. Then we'll throw it up in front of our feature film and maybe get a name for yourself and maybe even Oscar nod for yourself. Cause these Pixar films tend to do pretty well in the short film category. Obviously they did it for them. Correct. Pixar did it. Cause I mean, the quality of it was, that, that's a Pixar production. Yeah. So that's a okay. director. That's like an up and coming <clears throat> director from Pixar. All right. And so he's got full reign using all of their technology. Right. Okay. right. I did. One thing I did like about it, though, I did really like the facial expression on the bully. Yeah. I thought at the end you saw the remorse and the feelings. It really they did a great job of capturing that. It was cute when he was giving the bully was giving the toysings back begrudgingly. Yeah. Begrudgingly. And it was it was a cute. Yeah, it was, yeah. And that's yeah, what I'm the, saying. That kind of emotion really yeah, came through yeah, in, yeah. in a believable way. I love, too, <laughs> the way that Pixar captured a bully. That's exactly what bullies look like. They're, they're a little bit larger than the average kid. Mm -hmm. Their hair is always a mess. They've always got one or two teeth that are just kind of a little snaggled, you know, like not in the right place. And they're almost always a little husky. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised you're making this comment. Really? Because this has been an issue of mine about going against type. It was a stereotype of what a bully should look like. For sure. Well, how about like a real attractive female? And let's make her the bully. Oh, I like I that. I like to think mm. out of the box. Mm. It was the stereotype, the short hair, da, 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 and probably he should have had a, a striped shirt. That, you know, that's the well, bully that, look. Isn't that Lucy let's, from Peanuts? Boy, I mean, talk about, we <clears> talked <throat> about bitches who need a good fucking. Oh, we should have put it. Oh, yeah. man, Lucy, Lucy needed to yeah. get fucked. But anyway, uh, the well, maybe it should have had two dimensions. And at the end, when he's giving everything back, then all of a sudden, she's the one that's bullying him. Another girl comes. Yeah. Another kid on the block. But another kid on the block is not a bigger hey, guy. So another kid on expect... the block is a what thin, about mean small girls? girl. What, what about mean girls? It's an example where the bully is attractive. Yeah. Right. I've always had this issue, seriously, as far as the casting in films. Oh, that person is right for the part. This is an IRA issue. I don't know what that means. By saying that person looks right for the part, you're buying in to our stereotypes and you're, you're, you're making the stereotypes, you're solidifying the stereotypes. Now, are they stereotypes or are they structures? And maybe they're both, but I mean, they're, they're structures to communicate an idea. I think in this instance, it would have been a little weird if we'd had a real skinny, scrawny bully who was taking stuff from other people. Uh, because I, I don't think that fits our structure for what we think of with a a bully, and this is a movie without any words. Right, but Robert, don't you want to turn the structure upside down? I love that. I love. I turning, know you, and do. that's why I can embrace what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying trying to play devil's advocate. What I'm saying is that, I mean, if you're trying to tell a story in five minutes, especially to little kids, is it confusing? It needs to be spoon fed. Is what you're saying? We didn't make it obvious. I'm I'm, I'm playing you're that out. Both sides, I can appreciate I what you're saying, yeah. and you so know it's me. It's been an issue of me, a mine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that person really looks right for the part. What does that mean? I mean, I I love playing with structure, yeah. and I love flipping that structure around. Right. Right. But it is confusing to kids. To yes. Give them that. Yes. They wouldn't. I don't think they. That doesn't look like a bully. Something's wrong. I, mean, would, I feel like be... that's what bullies do look like, though. They're always a little bit bigger, and their hair yeah, always looks true. like that. Yeah. It's true. So the, it is a truism. But if you yeah. threw something totally different. Yeah. But if you threw something totally different where it was not a bully based upon strength, it was a bully based upon them being more cunning, yeah. it would work. Well, there, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast oh. before. 
they're talking about redoing Revenge of the Nerds, but it's Revenge of the Jocks. And because nowadays <laughs> all the nerds have really kind of taken over and they're, you know, they're, they're super cool yeah. and everything. And now the jocks are the ones that have to get back. Man, you big, know, big bang status. has turned that all around. Right. You know? yeah. So there you go. No. All right. Let's talk. Let's go back to cars three for a minute. There's a few other things that I want to go over with you guys. For me, the money shot of that movie, and I guess it's probably about the time to get into money shots, but was when Lightning McQueen, there were two money shots that I had. When his car flips, for the, when he, in the very, not the very first race, but at the beginning of the movie, when he flips and he, he crashes, those sparks that are coming out and that whole crash sequence, it was really, really good. And, and they've done so much good work with flames and fire yes. that it just, mm-hmm. I, he, that used to be the weakest point of animation was how fire worked. And, Boy, they've really, really got it down now. Uh, and that was great. And Bob, you mentioned before the, the backgrounds of... Yeah, the backgrounds were especially... It, it, what really hit me was the abandoned racetrack. Me too. When he pulls off to the side of the... Oh, wait a minute. we got to go back and look at that. Yes. Oh, that was another you know, great I, sequence. I, and that, that was, right a, that was sequence. an amazing sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And, but when you just see the backgrounds and you see how they look, I mean, it was like, I was, how did they get them to look like that? I, I was taking notes wow. during the during the movie and I was writing like crazy because they kept showing shot after shot after shot that were just gorgeous. Yeah, the dilapidated signs yes. that yeah. were falling down. And, and did you notice that when wow. they were when they first started running around the track and he zooms by that puddle and the puddle has that ripple? I don't know if you saw that, but there's a I real did. quick shot and it, it was it was gorgeous. It looked real. It did not look like a an animated film. Right. It looked like we were watching a, a movie, like a live action movie. Yeah, yeah. really incredible. Yep. Um, to compare, you made the comparison before, Bob, that this movie is a lot like a Rocky movie. This is yeah. Rocky Four, right? I mean, right. it's where, really where starting to tra- get to that. Is that the one where he trains a young kid? Uh, that, no, that's, that's five. Which is the one with the blonde haired kid where he trains him? I think that's. Balboa, isn't it Balboa? No, Rocky Balboa is. Oh yes, he does train somebody in there. But there's another one where there's a young, a younger fighter who's actually a real boxer that they recruited. I, I don't know which Rocky it yeah, was. Yeah, anyway, I can't but remember which one. I, it is I think he was training him also yeah. in that. But but no, Rocky Four is the one with Drago, where there, where he goes to Russia, and there was a little bit of that, um, you know, in the like, training in the in the simulator and trying to do all this technological advanced training versus going out to the dilapidated track. And in Rocky, you know, he's going out to the barn and, and, and lifting. Do you remember this? Of course, he's yeah. in the original Rocky. He was hitting meat. Meat. Remember was, the side meat. Side right. of beef. Right. So but it's I don't back think that was amazing. compared to the technological advances of like Apollo Creed. Was it? I think that was just his, his regimen. I suppose. He to, worked, to did, run. did he work in a meat pack? Yeah, meat pack. In, in Rocky Four is when he's out in the barn doing like the old school workouts. Right, right. And then they, they contrast and compare that with the uh, with Drago's workout, the Russian's workout. This Remember is this the one where Apollo Creed gets killed? Yes. In the ring. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Apollo right. Creed gets killed? Yeah. yeah. Welcome to yeah. 1989. But I, I want to jump on what you're saying because I do have a note on that too, yeah. Robert, about the, um, it was an anti-technology yeah. uh, feeling, mm-hmm. the simulator. And instead, it was back to basics, and it was even reminding me in Karate Kid with the what was it? Wash on, wash off. You know, with that that wax that, on, wax off. That's it. Wax on, wax mm-hmm. off. And it was that kind of uh, Zen, almost a Zen approach. That get rid of all this technology. You don't need the simulator. Get back to basics, and it did have that theme. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, Bob. Now, mm-hmm. I'm glad we had you here for this episode because 
not only are you a car guy, but you're also a music guy. Yeah. Do you I, want, do you I, want I, to hear my little ditties again? Bob? Oh, no, please. Okay, all right. please okay. It's all right. Please don't. <laughs> um, it's kind of, all three of them seem to carry through kind of a very similar contemporary country theme, you know, twangy guitar type of theme, which uh, I found a little one-dimensional. Um, I didn't like the music in this movie, and I'm usually one of the first ones to say I like I, I, the the songs that they licensed for the movie. I guess are okay. I didn't have much, and you know, the Glory Days was fine, but the score for the film, I didn't much care for. I thought Randy Newman he's he's turned out such great music in the past, and I felt like it was a little disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure. Did you see Up? Oh yeah, I, the music in that movie is absolutely incredible. It's it stands alone and. Yeah, is is music that I would just turn on to listen to, and I can't think of any tune from this. There's nothing that was memorable in terms of the songwriting. I I, I don't know what the theme was. It just felt like a bunch of orchestras. Yeah. I I notes. don't really I don't listen to country music, so I don't know if any of these were licensed hits or not. They sounded like typical top forty country songs, which yeah. is what they also have in the first. Uh, cars, but I'm, I mean the thing. score in particular, the stuff yeah. that Randy Newman composed for the film. It yeah, just, like it was kind during of the chase sequence, it was, it was like it was very forgettable. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah. there was nothing, there was no hook, there was no catch to mm-hmm. the music, and that was a problem that I had with it. And usually Pixar is really good about that. They usually have excellent music. Yeah, and Ra- no, Randy Newman's great. You, you, if you, you usually like to come out with at least humming a theme yeah. in the movie, and there was no theme. Right. I mean, I didn't. Did you? Remember anything other than glory days? Out. Glory days, yeah. <laughs> that, right. Thanks, but that, Springsteen. But that's that. not it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. no, because that was just the band playing sure. it in the nightclub, right? Which was a cool scene, sure. by the way. I love the old cars that they showed. Yeah, you know, they're all those old forties and early fifties cars. You know, they're very rounded fender type of uh, vehicles that they sold. In that I love car. some of the, uh, the the racing cars where they have. You know, remember the the old race cars where they would kind of bolt shut the the headlights like they would uh, put the plates over where the headlights would be mm-hmm. and some of the cars still had some of that I really mm-hmm. thought that was a nice touch yeah Ira yeah. what was your money shot did you have any money shots I did have a money shot and it was near the end um, and it was when um, McQueen was giving the pep talk to our girl and uh, who did the voice for the female driver she was I liked her it was, what was her Christelia name? Alonso. I don't know who that is. And and he was giving her a lecture, and it was a, it was according to cliche, but what about um you intimidated the bad guy Jackson, and he believes it, but now you have to believe it. Right. But mm-hmm. what they did, the camera stayed on her expression, it stayed on her face, and it is interesting how they can convey that kind of emotion. You saw it in the car's eyes and her mouth that she suddenly got that aha moment. Yeah. And I like that we lingered on her face for a moment before, boom, she jumped in to win the race. I like that she had fucked up teeth. Did you notice that? She had a little fucked up tooth. Mm. It, it was really hard to see, that. but I'm going, I don't even think people notice it. I mean, obviously, Mater, Toe Mater had a, two very fucked up teeth, right? <laughs> right. I mean, this is the right. voice... The, right there in the cable. You mean guy. Bugs Bunny there. Right. Yeah. But she had a little nick in her tooth and you can yeah. only see it in certain How expressions. And it's that kind of detail that really makes Pixar a cut above the rest. Where they're going, you know what people have fucked up teeth. Let's make this car just a little fucked up in terms of teeth. Hmm. So interesting. And they're clever. Pixar yeah. when they start doing like they'll use the radiator as a mustache and I know that's mm-hmm. really smart yeah. yeah 
and there was even you know during that scene you were talking about where they're playing glory days when they go into the bar and you have the woman who is talking about uh, coming into the the racing league as a female and that was real you know difficult difficulty for her because they didn't, didn't want to accept her at first and then you hear the other car who is voiced by a black guy and he even says yeah we had some real problems coming into it but they didn't have to say it they let us fill that in and i can handle that yeah, like it doesn't yeah. it wasn't hitting you over yeah. the head it was just kind of like yeah there were a lot of problems coming into it yeah. but you know what we did it we we stuck to our guns and we made it work for ourselves mm-hmm. and i like that it's not so heavy handed let us respect our ability to work out some of right. those problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway and your money your money shot I had two was... money shots. I already said them. That ref- that little pool reflection. Oh, right. as, as well, I'm going to kind of include with that the establishing shots that Bob was talking about where we get to that dilapidated track. So, some of those yeah. smoky mountains with the... Did you, did you notice the cable? That whole sequence. There, was, there were power lines in the distance. Yeah. Did you yeah, see yeah, those? Was, the details was amazing. It was insane. Yeah. It yeah. was really good. Uh, that yeah. alone is probably worth checking the movie out in the theater just I to see say. it that yeah. big. It yeah. really was beautiful. You know, I do want to broach just one more issue that I jotted down here about. We have the same, a similar reaction to Wonder Woman with that whole female empowerment thing. Yeah. I'm going to make the argument that in Cars 3, the fact that it's subtle and not so overt that we had a female winning the race, I think that's... I felt like it added to it. And and you didn't react the way we... No, with Wonder it's Woman, where it's like so heavy handed, like we get it, we get it, we get it already. This was subtle, but we had a female car winning the race the big race how about that and it's something we weren't even acknowledging here we didn't have to because it was organic to the story right we weren't being hit over the head with it and i i, mm-hmm. I can respect it more because it yes. treats me like a yeah. human being yeah. instead of like a little child i do yeah. i and i think that's the beauty of pixar is it doesn't treat its audience like children and yet it's for children uh, presumably i mean i think a lot of adults enjoy these movies almost as much as the kids do so mm-hmm. i i don't know i i like that i really respect that they're Respectful to us. Nice. Yeah, that works. All right. Good. All right. Anybody want to say anything else about the movie? I'm getting my fifth, my last ditty ready. Uh oh. Yeah, we're gonna slide. So my top five. Hey, hummina, hummina, hummina. Oh, does this lead into the top five? Top five. You ready? This is top five. I'm gonna need your help on this, but it's gonna be a very familiar tune. Bob, don't don't help him. And now we want you to wipe off that frown as we present our countdown. We ain't joshing, this ain't no jive. Time to give a listen to our top five. You know what you sound oh. like? You know when white people try to sound black? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't joshing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ira, what's you, your number five? You, I'm going to go for it. You should have gone... You should have sung Shaboom. You should have been the white group that did Shaboom. I want you to help you remember me that. Yeah, you know, I do. when it was covered what? by a white group, and they, they took this beautiful, fantastic black track. And shaboom, shaboom. Yeah, and if you yeah, listen yeah, to the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so shaboom, cool shaboom. by uh, the chords. Yeah, and then this uh, white group does it, and it's just horrible. You know, <laughs> it's just awful. That's kind of what you sound like. Thank you. I think. Yeah. Is that a compliment? No. no well, at least it. Bob, that one, I need your you help. Know, you know, something. It was more musical. That one. I would getting argue more comfortable. It was a compliment. He called you white. Yeah. You are white. <laughs> and you made an improvement over the. Uh, how many did you do? Four. Three or four. Four. It felt like felt six. Like eight. Yeah. Hey, nine. Hey, hey. Um, you made an improvement from the first to the fourth. That's a compliment, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I should also okay. mention, when we talk about the top five, we came up with this oh. crazy expression called scoops of ice cream that if you want to mention a couple of other extras that didn't make the top five. But I noticed that one of your previous yeah, shows. So feel free to, it was my way of cheating and it became our mantra. So Except for I, Robert. You should see the look I'm getting from Robert right now. I'm ready it's not going to be a three hour show. No, right? otherwise we'd be, um, first of all, we need to talk about you don't have to pull back the debate instructor in me about defining terms. Mm. The word vehicle does not necessarily mean transporting from point A to point B on land necessarily. It can also be in the air, mm -hmm. in space, or anywhere. Uh, even though, like we were saying earlier, the connotation of you know Department of Motor Vehicles, we associate that with cars and motorcycles and trucks. This is, can be other than that. Having mm. said all that, okay, having right. said all that, a few scoops of ice cream, if I may. Please. Ones that did not make my list, but they were still important films, movies like that involved... Now, wait, we need to cap your scoops of ice cream. No, 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 be quiet. It's my turn to talk. All right, cap it. Uh, no. How my, many, three, two? Three, let's do three. All right, movies that are not in my top five. But I'm acknowledging... Wait, you, you're, you're popping your peas, but... Okay, I, Easy Rider and Speed and Tron and Duel. That's four. I did four. Deal with it, wow, fucker. that was quick. Okay, all right. All um, right. Number five, Cannonball Run. All right. 1981, we had Burt Reynolds. So many people were in that film. You know, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Hal Needham, the great Hal Needham directed that. He was a uh, stunt coordinator for many, many years. And this was his first feature film. He directed it. And um, it was just a lot of fun. And it sure reflected that era when when um, Burt Reynolds was king during those years. So the huge box office star. And I'm putting down for my fifth favorite vehicle movie, Cannonball of Run. Cannonball okay. Run. Cannonball of, of Run. Run. <laughs> Sounds like you've been working with Cannonball of Death too long. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. All right, Bob, what's your right. number five? Oh, don't I get two scoops of ice cream? Yeah, yeah you do. Okay. You can take four uh, or five. No, I'm only going to do two. Well, one is Grand Prix from you 1966. Took one Grand Prix! Oh, yeah. yeah. Frankenheimer. Gar yeah. James Garner, Eva Marie Saint. Uh, and what was interesting about the movie, it was technically very accurate because they used uh, drive two race drivers, Dan Gurney and right. Phil Hill, yeah. as core, uh, you know, special... Uh, consultants on the movie, which yeah. I think it showed. Yeah. And Didn't my Le Mans come out right after that? Was Le Mans, Le Mans before I that or after that? I don't know. It, this it the did, one I and, it, and it bombed to the box office, and McQueen was livid that that movie came out before his, both mm -hmm. involving race car oh, drivers. So it took away his thunder. Yes, it took away his thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my other one was Tucker, 1988. Tucker. I like yeah. that movie. Which starred too. Jeff Bridges, which was a great movie about yeah. this young upstart against the big machine of you know the the big car companies and him getting you know wiped out in the final analysis. He had a great idea. So the windshield he had wiped? a great car. What was he, the car? What was the, unique? What about? was unique about it was the center headlight, the headlight which was turned the middle, right? when right. you turned the wheel to the left. The the center uh, headlight turned to the left, which is brilliant. <laughs> and it, there was other innovations that the car had. It it wasn't particularly attractive, but it had a lot of technical things about it that were very interesting. That was and, a great so I thought, movie. and I thought Jeff Bridges did a great I always yeah. like Jeff Bridges. He's so, always great. Yeah. So those were my two scoops of All ice right, cream. Well, what's your number My five? number five. Uh World's Fastest Indian. I love that it's movie. A phenomenal movie. You've made me Anthony. really upset to have that in my top five. I'm right surprised now. that's in your five. I thought that was yeah. gonna be rated closer Higher? to uh, yeah, oh. closer to one. Have well, you seen that movie, Ira? I haven't. I've oh, heard so much about it. it. That movie is so good. It is amazing how this guy takes a 1920s vintage Indian <sighs> motorcycle in New Zealand and, cra and rebuilds it and puts modern parts and gets it 
to the point where it can like break the land speed record for motorcycles. It's based on, on a true story. I know. Yes, yeah. it is. The guy's name was Bert Monroe. A- Anthony That's Hopkins is great in that movie. He's in, it's it. He he's. It's you start to understand just how good of an actor he is because he can play these kind of eccentric characters, but when you watch him playing just a guy who's got a dream and is kind of on a a quest to break a land speed record. He's a real sweet guy the whole movie. He's yeah. not m- mischievous or malicious or anything, but just going on a road trip adventure and you buy him every step of the way. You're rooting for him and you're going, dude, this he's guy's just, he's, he's really a good. simple guy. Yeah. You know, he's just a simple, hardworking guy with talent in, in the technical and, and drive. And tremendous drive. It's yeah. great. It's just a great movie. So that's my number. If five. you haven't seen the world's fastest Indian, I know, go check it I know. out. It's, it's a great movie. I've been hearing that from a lot of people. Yeah. All right. Your number five, Robert. My number five is a movie from 1989. It's about a car. Most of my movies are from the 80s, I realized. Hmm. Because I'm a product of the 80s, or maybe the 80s movies were all about cars. Now, I'm saying cars. I'm, I, one of my movies is not a car, but most of them are cars. This is a, a car that drives 88 miles per hour. Oh, I should have thought of that. And takes people... Through time. Back to the Future. Now, oh. I'm going to say Back to the Future 2. I like Back to the Future 2 more than I like Back to the mm. Future number one. So, mm. there. Mm. Suck it. Um, I think yeah. that's where the DeLorean really gets to shine. Because it's flying at this point, And it's also driving on the streets. And uh, that whole sequence in the tunnel where they're trying to do the hoverboard and everything. Plus, you got the hoverboard in there. So, you got you got a few different vehicles The in that real movie. hoverboard. Now, they have sell these phony hoverboards. Right, you know? yeah. The real hoverboard. Yeah. So, yeah, my number five That's is really Back nice. to the Future 2. Nice choice. Mm. Nice choice. All right. Yeah. Ira, what's your number four? My number four, Bob, I think you'll appreciate this mm. in particular. Yeah. Corvette Summer. No? No? Are you I've not never seen, never seen it. You've never seen Corvette Summer? I have never seen it. We should it. say that Bob has a I vet. Have, I have a 1965 Corvette, and I've never even heard of that movie. Corvette Summer. Mark Hamill. Nothing, no, nothing um, about it. Annie Potts. It's it's a lighthearted romp. This Corvette is stolen in this high school auto body shop, and well, I can I can relate to it because my car was stolen. It was yeah, from Santa Monica High School. I didn't know that. Yeah, you need to see this movie. Oh my! I'm really sorry about that, but I want you to know it (laughs) fetched a pretty price. Yeah, Robert sold. He uh, (laughs) any positive? She's uh, I I think I think you understood what the joke was. Yeah, you didn't have to. Oh, I shouldn't have to spoon feed. (laughs) He was only kidding. Actually, he really does have your car. Oh, it's downstairs. Um, and she's a, um, what was it, a, like a prostitute in training. I, I robot it. <laughs> He's a Jew. Can I finish your one? I really like your car, Bob. Thanks. I still have it. You know. Yeah, okay. Um, Corvette Summer, 1978. It was a lighthearted. So anyway, movie let's talk about Bob's stolen Corvette. <laughs> That's my number four choice. That's a good movie, though. I will back you up. That's a good one. Thank you. I'm surprised is you have the, Is Corvette the Summer. song Shut Down in that movie? Oh, no? no, shut down. It's about a Corvette versus a XKE in a race on yeah. Sunset. I don't know, but Never you do mind. need to see that. I will buy you that for your no, birthday. Excuse me, that's Dead Man's Curve. I was thinking it's Dead Man's oh, Curve. Oh, Dead Man's Curve. I'm going to yeah. buy you Corvette Summer, the DVD, right. for, as right, your birthday cool. present. All right. All right, Bob. Make sure it's the Blu-ray. What's your number four? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number four is the original Cars. From 2006. Oh, okay. um, I don't think that fits I, the theme of this week at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first saw it, I knew nothing about it. I've always been a fan of Route 66. I've traveled Route 66. I've stayed in the Wigwam Motel. Oh. And there's a, they show a, a motel that looks like the Wigwam. 
in the original cars. And so when they drive up to that, it's like, whoa, I stayed there. Um, it was just great. And I loved, I loved all the silhouettes with the mountains right. and the backdrop and how he uh, comes into this you know, old rundown town. And it's just a very, very interesting look at a, a route or a route that was very popular right. in the 50, 40s and 50s and 60s. And then Highway 40 came along and just basically stole its thunder and yeah. bypassed so there's only little tiny sections of it you can get on anymore. And it, it, it portrayed that really well in the movie. That's what I liked the most about the movie was the portrayal of, Route 60, of old Route 66. So that was my number four. Uh, by the way, I should say before we go much further, I purposely did not say any Mad Max movies for this list. I put a moratorium on Mad Max. I feel like that's a little... Uh, anybody that's listened to this podcast more than more than once knows that I have a deep love for the Mad Max We can movie. kind of tell that by looking at the wall here. Yeah, right. There's there's more than <laughs> one Mad Max uh, <laughs> tribute in this in, in, in our little studio. All right, well, that's nice. Cars. Okay. And your number four. My number four is the uh, non-automobile of uh. the movie. It's a 2004 movie, Maria Full of Grace. Mm. And she was a vehicle... For drugs. Oh, she was a oh. what's the word? Mule? Mule. Mule. Oh, said mule. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She was that a, is the yeah. weirdest <laughs> wait, wait. Are you listening to yourself? I, hey, I've been hanging out with you too long. She's, <laughs> she's a, vehicle a vehicle for the drugs and putting it inside yeah. her. Yeah. Wow. Drug mule. Have you seen that? I haven't. Oh, I hear it's a great it. movie. It's really good. Wow. You, you will thank me after you see it. She is a vehicle. She's a vehicle. You're a weird fuck. Wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. Check See, out Maria Full of Grace. It's a good one. <laughs> but okay. your, your mind to come up with that, though. That's, that's the that's first movie that came. When you said vehicle yeah. instead of car, I went, okay, well, Maria Full of Grace, right? Mm. I guess that's how I think. Mm. And, and I didn't think World's Fastest Indian. Damn! Movie's so you good. You can buy that for your list for five bucks. I might pay you. Yeah. All right, Ira. What's your number three? My number three is, is going the, the antithesis of the one you just mentioned. It's a very sweet movie made in 1996 called Fly Away Home. Oh, yeah. The geese. Where they get up the in geese, the little... Uh... The geese. And it's, they, they get up in an ultralight. Right. Are you familiar with this? To get the geese to migrate. It was beautifully photographed. Wait a minute, this is yeah. a documentary? No, no. it's not. It no. was actually a true story. Uh, Carol Ballard shot it, who also did The Black Stallion, great cinematography. Hmm. This was shot, though, by Caleb Dachanel, whose daughter is Zoe Dachanel, blah, blah, blah. Right. So it, it was with Jeff Daniels, Anna Paquin, and it's it's hmm. beautifully photographed. It's a true story yeah. about getting these geese to migrate, and it's it's a vehicle this guy built to get them out of state. I haven't even thought about Flyway Home mm. in it's, years. It's a sweet movie. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Okay, Bob? Uh my number three is Easy Rider. You had it on your... Uh, that was my ice cream ice, scoop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have it as number three. Uh, 1969, Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Terry Southern, and Jack Nicholson, who had a small part in the movie. Relatively small part, but it was, I guess, one of his first... Yeah. Flicks. Can I confess something? You never liked it. I I've never seen Easy Rider. Oh, you never saw it really? or you didn't like it? Of course I saw it, yeah. No, but, but I don't like it. it. I don't like it. There's a couple scenes that are okay. Jack Nicholson's good. Peter Fonda gets on my nerves. Did I, you ever see Yuli's Gold with Peter Fonda? No. Don't. No. It's awful. <laughs> I, think, I think if you were older, you would have liked it. Because it kind of, it, it's the image and it's the spirit of growing up in that era. And you didn't. You grew up later. So it's probably mm. hits home differently to you than just like The Graduate hits home to you. 
Which, but see, the graduate. You know, I feel like I, I love the graduate. I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I can I and while I can appreciate what you're saying too of like oh you had to be of the era I don't feel like that's a good test for a film I mean oh it might not be I'm, but it's just it's just I liked it because I am from the era. yeah I'm not trying to talk to you so, about a movie that you no like. I'm just saying that it, when I do see it it reminds me so much of that era and the, you know what you see the lovins and what's going on in the streets and stuff and the it music. resonated and, with us and the music and it the music and the music is fantastic. I feel like people like about 20 minutes of that movie but they forget like this the whole end when they get to mm. Louisiana and they're like wandering around the graveyards and it's like what the, what the fuck's yeah. going on I feel like that's that's the mm. part where people kind of easily dismiss and they're like uh, whatever about yeah that. you always remember the parts that you really like right but, uh, the campfire and the driving right. on the road and that that's a lot more fun yeah and the music was amazing right really great music so. all right my Robert. number three movie is another 1980s movie 1986 about couple of friends and a guy's girlfriend who steal a Ferrari and take it out for a day in Chicago, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, is that a vehicle? Oh my movie? gosh, the Ferrari? When it falls into the pool, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not the pool, no, the backyard. The lake. No, no, no. He, Cameron fell into the pool, but they hmm. kicked the car and it went out the window, right? Because right. Cameron was hmm. in shock with uh, the number, the mileage. Because they put so many miles on it. And then uh, then they were trying to drive it in reverse. And Cameron starts kicking it. And it flies out the window. Oh, oh yeah. That's good. Mm. I would argue the parade float was a vehicle as well. But we'll go with the car. <laughs> well, can have more than one vehicle, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, yeah, I put hoverboard and the DeLorean. Yeah, in you also included picture. Maria, full of grace. That's, that's, that's yeah. going to stay with me. Ah, that's a good one. All right, Ira, what's your number two? My number two, again, with a broad definition of what is a vehicle, I had to include for number two, Apollo 13. Ah. It was a great movie, 1995, Ron Mm -hmm. Howard with Tom Hanks and company, and uh, real satisfying, thrilling. Even though we all knew the outcome, it was just thrilling to watch and so well made. That's my second favorite vehicle Mm. movie. All right. Mm. Bob? Um, My second favorite was Das Boot. Das Boot! should have thought of Um, that. Phenomenal movie. Uh, Very accurate. Getting uh, from 1981, originally, I believe, written as a uh, TV show for German television. Yeah. Then cut down to movie length for distribution here. Still really long. Yeah, I saw the director's cut, which was over three hours, but I was just riveted. I've seen it probably three or four times in different versions, and every one I found just totally satisfying because it shows the war from the perspective of not just evil Germans, but people that were forced in... To the war and forced to to battle, and you feel sorry for him. Yeah, you know, you see the other side, and the scene, the money shot scene, of course, is the rivets when they go and down too low. Yeah. The rivets pop because of the compression, and they f- go across. And if you're in the way, you get you know, you're dead. Yeah, you know, it's an amazing movie, just absolutely incredible movie. All right, written and directed by Werner Herzog. Did Werner, both. Werner yeah. Herzog. Yeah. yeah, we heard him speak yes we did we did how was he was, it was he that's when he was doing funny. documentaries remember yeah. he was doing the documentaries the cave drawings and things like that yeah, yeah. But, he was mm-hmm. funny he was he had a sense of humor yeah he made a few quips that's right after the movie anyway it was a uh, part of a sundance festival ah. all right well my number mm-hmm. two is a little movie from 1992 so i got a little hey, bit you're of, out of era uh, yeah i'm yeah, out of the 80s yeah. Um, it's a movie featuring 
two guys driving around in the Garthmobile, Wayne's World. Oh, that's good. I love the Garthmobile. Has the mm. licorice at the top, you know, licorice dispenser. Although that might have been Wayne's World too, I can't recall. But anyway, the Garthmobile. Mm. Yeah. Kind You're of jealous, huh? What kind of car was it? I think it was a Pinto, wasn't it? I don't Pinto. remember. I, little I think it was a Pinto. Thing. Yeah. Two but it, had the, it was blue. It had all the flames on it. When you it. said two guys driving around, I thought you were going to say two-lane blacktop. Uh. Which I didn't think was a very good movie. But <laughs> <laughs> but it had two big stars in it. So Who are not known as, uh, as movie stars, music stars. You know who was in it? That's been forever since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, it was uh, James Taylor. Oh yeah, Jeez. and and uh, Dennis Wilson, the Beach Boy, Beach Boys. That Beach Boys. died. Yeah, yeah, and interesting premise, but it, it never, I don't know, didn't quite Wasn't do good. it for me. It's been forever. But, I think I saw it in high school or something. I can't remember. Cool '57 Chevy in it though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ira. Number one, Robert. What's your, every what's time, the best vehicle you've got. We do the top five. I compliment you on your out of the box thinking. And I like that Thank about you. you. I He's think setting us up for a real out of the out box. Of the bo- and it is. One. And it is. Oh because this, is, this vehicle. Ira, I learned from the best. Ah, thanks. Well, actually, I'm mirroring you here. But uh, the vehicle in question, let me first mm. tell you the vehicle, then I'll tell you the movie, mm. is a John Deere lawnmower. Straight Story. I love that movie. I love a movie called The Straight Story. By the way, you know, it's David Lynch. Yeah. He directed that film in 1999, uh, Richard Farnsworth, Sissy Spacek, uh, a dying brother, yep. and he needs to go hundreds of miles to a different state, and he doesn't pass his driver's test, and so he's got the lawn mower, and he drives across, and I, I, it was such a sweet film that I, was, I, was, I watched it on an airplane. I was really moved by it. And uh, that's my favorite. I'm looking at your expression. I don't know if you shared the same You want to know an interesting piece of trivia about that movie? Yes, I know. That's the, I already know the trivia. What? It's the Farnsworth. only... No, it's the okay. only um, David Lynch movie that's good. It's an interesting piece of trivia. <laughs> well, that's your opinion. No. <laughs> no, it's, no fact. it's a fact. It's fact. <laughs> it's a fact. It's the only one that's halfway decent. You're not a fan of Eraserhead? <laughs> I've given Eraserhead more than one shot. And Blue Velvet is yeah. watchable, but yeah. Straight Story is good. I'm glad mm. we agree on that. I want to tell you, here's my trivia. Richard Farnsworth, do you remember who he was? An no, aging no. actor. Yeah. And uh, he was nominated for an Oscar. That was like his swan song. Yes. He was dying of cancer. He so respected this true story. He wanted to star in it. One year after they filmed it, he committed suicide. Oh. He ended his life because he was hurting so much from the cancer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Straight story, number one. And uh, David Lynch's favorite, your favorite David Lynch movie. Yeah, it's the only one that's, I mean, it's also the only, it, that title works on a couple different levels. You know, it's a yeah. straight story, meaning he's dri- he's driving this lawnmower straight to the, uh, the, the place where he's trying to go, his, what do you call it, his destination. But it's also the only David Lynch movie that is a straightforward story that's not, layered with all sorts of weird subtext where you're trying to decode it and they, what the fuck are you talking about? And, um, and I understand David Lynch has his motivations to make the kind of movies that he want to make, wants to make, but this one's a really great, just straightforward movie and it's good. It's really touching. Also, uh, I did some research on the film. It was shot in order and it was not out of order, but also it was the exact same road that the real Mr. Straight hmm. took. It was all duplicated as accurate yeah. as possible. So he's taking a drive-in lawnmower on city streets. And uh, no, it's actually it through the countryside. 
Oh, but I think okay. when he arrives, he actually is on city streets yeah. and small town mm-hmm. America on Main Street, and so he gets on. harassed by cops and stuff. Yeah, like, what and are you it's doing? for his, his ailing brother, who's Harry Dean Stanton. Right, and it's a very sweet film. It's that's my favorite mm. vehicle movie. Yeah. Wow, right. All right, okay. Bob. Uh, mine is pretty predictable, I think, especially oh. for me. American Graffiti. Ah, I didn't um, even think of that. You didn't think of American well, How come I didn't think of that? Yeah. Directed by George Lucas, 1973, starring Richard Dreyfuss, Ron Howard, and my favorite, Wolfman Jack. Oh, Wolfman Jack. What about and Harrison Ford? Very young a, Harrison Ford. Very young Harrison Ford as the guy with the fastest car in town. Right. You know? And, I mean, it's a cute movie. Well, I just absolutely love the music, the, the way they put the music together. Yeah. I thought it was a, one of the most well-crafted uh, movies in terms of that. And the scene... With Wolfman Jack, just to me, that's the money shot of that yeah. movie. Because many people had never even seen him before. Mm-hmm. They only heard him. Everybody thought he was black. And I believe he did a Midnight Special after he did this movie. But this got him a lot more notoriety. And, I mean, he sounds so black when you hear him on the radio. And all of a sudden, there's this kind of overweight white guy, you know, sitting at the radio console. And he sits down with the guys, and he's a heart, heart talk with them. I just thought it was great. Wonderful movie. Very nice. Okay, well, my number one is Back to the 80s again, a 1980 movie about two brothers on a mission from God. Uh, <laughs> the Blues Brothers. Should have thought of it. That's great. That's great. The Bluesmobile might it. just be I love it. the greatest car <laughs> in the history of cars on cinema. I, and when it finally dies at the end of the movie, they take such a... I mean, the, the police have been chasing them. There's a multiple police crashes who knows how many people are dead in the streets presumably and they just take a moment to take their hats off and pay respect to this car that finally just (laughs) falls apart and the way it falls apart i mean they've just been beating the shit out of this thing and finally every spring and bolt just go flying off the thing and it's great it's a really really fitting death to this car that has just run the shit out of chicago so i really like the blues mobile i think that's probably my number one vehicle movie I like mm-hmm. this. This we had good. We all had good yeah. lists. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Except for yeah. Maria, Maria Fuller Grace. I al- so. I almost put uh, around the world in eighty days on mine just because a balloon as a vehicle. <laughs> I, it wasn't my favorite movie, but just thinking a balloon as a vehicle. There hasn't wow. been a real good hot air balloon movie that I've seen. No. except for I guess you could uh, up. up. Yes, that's right. We could have up. you could have said that that would have been a vehicle, right? Absolutely. Man, yeah, I should have put that in because I really like up. Yeah. All right. When we record this for real. Yeah, then... this is just rehearsal. <laughs> this is oh, to rehearsal, great. Bob. So, We're going to start right. now. Well, so okay. I'm going to update Have another my coach. list. Who's going to play my part? <laughs> <laughs> the cat. Oh, I, the cat's been pretty quiet tonight. We haven't had yeah. a cameo appearance by her. Sorry. I'm warming the... up for my next ditty. Was that your squeaky door <laughs> oh, no, impression? Are you singing that... again? No, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Well, so. And you, want, and you want me to put that to music? Wouldn't huh? that be fun? Um, no, but I'll do it for the right amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> she wants money. Yeah. 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 A true Told musician. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Mercenary. All right. Well, hey, guess four. what? We did it. We That's recorded it. a podcast. Fun. That's it? Bob. We're done? Bob Thank Wayne, you. thanks so wow. much for coming You're in, welcome. buddy. You know, Thank I, I you, want to Robert. say one thing about, about my good buddy Bob, Half Century Friendship, that he's the founder, co-founder, and lead singer of that uh, parody group Big Daddy. And Big Daddy is performing at Boulevard uh, Boulevard Music in Boulevard Culver Music City. In Culver City. And the date? The date is the 12th of August. It's Saturday a very night. entertaining show. I just wanted mm-hmm. to. And you can pander. check us out on uh, 
BigDaddyTheBandOf59.com. TheBandOf59.com. Wait, no. BigDaddyTheBandOf59.com. All of that? The BigDaddyTheBandOf59.com? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we try to get BigDaddy.com, and it's, it is a gay porno site, seriously. So we couldn't use it. Well, Come on, what's Robert. The problem with that? <laughs> and in fact, maybe one of you guys has that site. Oh, sure. Ira just has a membership there. He doesn't no. own, own the thing. You well, want to know what's funny? That leaves it to Ira to be part owner. For the longest time, I don't know if it's still this way or not, but there was a, I went to school for photography in Southern Illinois University. And you know, I majored in cinema and photography. So a lot of people know me as a photographer. Well, mm. when I was trying to buy websites, I tried to buy robertcannon.com and who should own it. But a photographer in Chicago, same state where I you know, got my, my bachelor's degree from, and he specializes in, in photography of the nude male. And uh-huh. it's a lot of like softcore porno pictures of naked dudes in black and white. So if you go to robertcannon.com, here we go. That's me, apparently. What a coincidence. Hmm, or is <laughs> it? Or is. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so if you want to check out Big Daddy, come on down to Culver City on August 26th. Is that right? Uh, August 12th. I August think. 12th. My bad. Yeah. All right. I'm probably wrong, but it's somewhere in the early August. Well, check them out. You can check out. We're uh, just go to BullardMusic.com uh, and you can get the uh, the correct date. But I think it is the 12th of August. They take. Let me just say this. They Please. take contemporary music, contemporary songs, and do it in a 50s style. Beautiful. We're a mashup group. It's a I'll mashup group. Very yeah. entertaining. All right, if anybody so, knows David Bradley, no, Stu, Scott Bradley, Scott Bradley, a very popular mashup artist. We're kind of similar to him, but better. <laughs> <laughs> what a ringing endorsement. And for us, if you yeah. like our top five, if you have any improvements, if you have vehicles that we've left out, or if you have something to say about Cars 3, be sure to send us an email. You can send us an email to robert at moneyshotpodcast.net or... And or Ira at MoneyShotPodcast.net. Or you can send us a message through Twitter at MoneyShotPod. You can shoot us a message on Instagram at MoneyShotPodcast. Any of those will work. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We are. We, we really are. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tell a friend. Go to our website. We'd love to hear your feedback. And please do that. Tell a friend. So if you're listening to the podcast, you know, we don't, we don't advertise the podcast. So we're, we only depend on word of mouth. And... Hmm. Twitter and Instagram, but I don't think that really counts as, as advertising. Anyway, just tell somebody about the podcast and and let people know all about your favorite movie review podcast. All right, so until next time, keep watching movies. It will help you sort them out. Wheelchair Derby, let's start it. <laughs> <laughs>